Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Into the Frogcast podcast. In this episode we spoke to Carnivorous. She is our artist main and she gives us some really good tips on how she plays the artist. But before we get into the episode, let's see how our co-host is. Uh, how are you today, Tofa? Oh, I'm very well, thank you for asking, Jamie. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing okay. So, the artist. Um, it's not somebody that I play very often. In fact, I very rarely play the artist at all. I played her when she first came out. Didn't really like her. I just weren't getting any good vibes from her. And like I said, I think it's just one of the reasons why I don't really play her to this day. I mean, she's got the potential, but I think they could have done more with her birds. Uh, Her power is relatively weak. I mean, yeah, she can pressure gens from afar. But like I said, the potential is just not there for me. Um, When chasing a survivor, you can shut down loops, you know, turn around, place the bird down and carry on running around the loops. And you you may get the down, but you're either going to get get a hit or you're going to force them to run to another direction. I mean, the bird is menacingly enough when pointed in the right direction. But like I said, the, there's just not enough threat there for me. They could do more with the birds, to be honest. So as for the perks, I was using Deadman Switch, Pain Resonance and Sloppy. Um, they weren't particularly high level anyway. Like I said, I didn't put I didn't put much points into her. Um, I also had barbecue as well because why not? Blood points and aura readings. Um, as for the add-ons, I was using thick tar and velvet fabric. But other than that, what about you, Toph? What do you think? When the artist came out on the PTB, I had a ton of fun with her. I saw her as a killer that I would like to play a lot of once she went live. And when she did go live, I felt she didn't have too many problems other than the add-on severed hands being bugged, but we'll be getting more into that a little bit later on. As far as what I ran when I played her, I didn't have too much unlock for her, but I did get some very lucky perks quite early in the blood web before I prestiged her. And one of them was barbecue, and the blood point gain from those is nice, but being able to see the survivor's auras after hooking someone so that you can throw a, a bird at a generator they're sitting on or aim one at a survivor that's running to get a little skill shot off um, was really quite satisfying to do as well. Um, her own perk, Hex, um, Scourge Hook, Pain Resonance, was also a bit of a game changer. Pairing that with the new Dead Man Switch perk when that got changed as well really shifted things away from the boring, undying, ruin combo that a lot of people used to run around with. I never really felt I knew what the best add-ons were for her either, so I kind of just used a lot of grey and yellow add-ons, but I never really sat on anything that I felt was good enough to keep using. All I knew was that her iridescence didn't seem that good. I could never get any value on them. The green add-ons were just add-ons that would afflict the survivors with a random, not a random debuff, but a different debuff for each add-on as well, and I felt they didn't get a lot of value either. And game, and just gameplay-wise in general, it was a little bit frustrating um, trying to just use her power in general and survivors just running into the birds before you get a chance to throw them off at them. And all the other things they can do to get rid of birds, you can use a flashlight to stop a bird, stop birds from swarming your fellow survivors. You can just jump in and out of a locker as well. That was kind of a little bit debilitating, um, starving the killer of their power. But all in all, I did, I still found her a lot of fun to play. 
yeah, I mean, I totally agree. Yeah, she is fun to play. Um, but even then, she's still, in my opinion, she's still a hard killer to play. Um, but, like, going against her, we don't find, or I don't find, many artists, players at the moment. Um, I don't know if it's because she's too weak, because her potential is... She's good at getting people off gens and knowing where people are. But in my opinion, I just think she's too weak. And you just don't see many of them around. Um, so when you're looping her, if she puts the bird down, just try and run away from the loop. Just try not to let her set her birds off and hit you from a distance. It ain't too much of a problem if she hits you from a distance because... The only thing she'll get is aura readings. Um, it's when you get hit close up. That's when you start getting your health stages down. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd just try and loop, hold W, and just try and lose line of sight. It's the same with most killers. Try and lose line of sight is the best way to do it. Other than that, yeah, I don't really play against her too much, so I haven't really got an awful lot of experience. I've not gone against too many artists as of late either. I think after their hype died down, not too many killers wanted to carry on with them and just went back to either their mains or the variety killer games that they're usually used to playing. On the off chance I do go against one though, I normally just loop them as normal as possible until I hear her set a bird up at the loop and by then I just run and leave for the next loop along. She'll lose a fair bit of distance by setting the birds up in the first place and if it's a high wall loop where she can't see where you're running, then that's even better. A low wall sort of filler palette like the ones in Autohaven, for example, where she can just see over won't do any good uh, for that though, because she can just see the direction you're going to run. And even set down a bird with the intention of making you leave in a certain direction, kind of just like corral you into a certain, into a certain direction. I normally take winners of opportunity in a good amount of my survivor games because I feel they just help me with my own looping. And with that perk, I can at least know where I can run to if I get caught out in the open like that. But in short, as a zoning killer, you don't want to greed loops too much as she sets a bird out rather than just leave it and move on to a different nearby safe loop. I mean, she really comes into her strength more so at the end game because she can just throw her three birds at the last three remaining generators, assuming they're all on the same level and it's not a map like RPD or the game or anything else that has split levels and um, she can just throw the birds at the generators, push them all off at the same time, and then just keep patrolling from wherever the generators are. She doesn't even need a super strong 3-gen to win at the end game there. In that case, you have to kind of just hear the birds being set, and then as soon as you hear them throw out, just get off the generator and hope you're not close enough for that killer instinct to pick you up, if, even if the birds do miss you. So there we have it. Now, let's hear from somebody who really can play the artist. Hope you enjoy the interview. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Into the Fogcast podcast. Today, we have another guest. So first, guest, tell us who you are and who you mean. Well, hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Carnivorous, but people usually call me Karn or Carney. I am a Dead by Daylight streamer on Twitch, and I have been for about a year now. I've also been playing DVD for a year, and I am an artist main. I'm currently number one in the world for a uh, for a world record match as the artist, which is like probably my luckiest match for the quickest 4K, and I'm number two worldwide for Dire Crowdowns as well. Well, congratulations on that. So I haven't really played this killer that much, as I really do struggle to get, get to grips with her. 
But what made you start playing her? I've actually been playing her obsessively since she came out. I saw her leaks and it was love at first sight. And I actually played on the PTB for the entire week when she first came out. I would download the live servers for streaming and then I would immediately switch it back to the PTB just because I missed her so much. She ended up coming out on my birthday also. So it was like a little gift from behavior to me. Her power is really fun and it was a refreshing change from the killers I used to main. I started off as Twins main when I was first learning killer a year ago because it was a killer that just came out and then I switched to Susie and Piggy. But for some reason, her power just clicked instantly when I started playing her and I just I haven't been able to stop. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show, Carney. It's great to have you here. Um, congratulations again on those achievements. Those are those are pretty hard to get and keep hold of. Uh, so let's start with your build. If you were playing to win and you wanted to be as efficient as possible, what would your go-to perk build be? And can you run us through the synergy of those perks and the killer's power? So funnily enough, my build has no synergy 99% of the time, which is what I don't tell, which is like the opposite of what I tell people to do. It's definitely just full of perks that I like to bring rather than synchronizing fully with the artist. I run barbecue for blood points, but I feel like that's just a given whenever it comes to killer builds. But I also use it for the aura reading and it's how I get 80% of my staggered hits. Lightborn because I'm sensitive to flashlights. I hate getting blinded ever since I went against like a four man bully squad when I freshly started playing killer. So it was one of the uh, the first teachables that I unlocked when I was leveling everybody up. And then if I was going to win, I bring pop pain res. I use pain res as my main regression and then pop for when I want a little bit of extra pleasure. But normally I bring lethal blood favor or agitation. Okay, so now that you've just run through the uh, perk build, do you have any other perk builds in case people don't have certain killers unlocked? So like, for example, some of the free ones or even ones you can just get with shards. This is actually a really fun question because I made a whole video on perks and I quite literally read through like every single Dead by Daylight perk. So I best could assess it for Birdie. I think if you're brand new to the artist and you're just kind of going, if you if you already have like a bunch of perks unlocked, I really like Barbecue, Lethal, I'm All Years and Grim Embrace. I'm a uh, an early game person rather than an end game person. I get really nervous when survivors try to do gens. So I like to get as much time as possible when playing the artist in game. And that's kind of like your best bet. I really love I'm All Ears because it's nice to bring if when you're learning the artist so you can see how survivors move when they're out of the uh, line of sight since that's like the biggest counterplay for her. But her power does technically have I'm built in I'm All Ears, so it's a give and take. But I really like it for lethal just for the early game. And then Grim Embrace is just kind of like a nice, calm gen regression whenever you are learning a killer. I don't like to bring heavy regression when you're starting trying to learn someone because it it's more about regression rather than actually learning the power's killer. And I feel like it puts you at a disadvantage and in the long run. For an artist-specific build, I love Iron Maiden, Discordance, Blood Favor, and Barbecue. Discordance pairs really well with her Severed Hands add-on, which is when survivors who are swarmed are near other survivors, they also become swarmed, and it can be really fun to play with and is definitely like my favorite add-on by far. For a free build, I recommend Fearmonger, Pain Res, Bitter Murmur, and Sloppy Butcher. The nice thing about the Stranger Things being retired is that you get all of these really cool perks for free, and I feel like Fearmonger comes in really handy when you're trying to sneak up on them with Dark Crows. If Jolt worked with special attacks, I would even switch that in somewhere but since a lot of times I try to recommend people to do as like much m2 as possible when you're learning now I don't really like to use jolt and then for builds when it comes to like any of the original killers I do have a few preferences but I'll probably like switch out perks here and there I love blood favor from blight dead man switch from Deathsinger is like really popular right now and I've been told that I'm throwing if I don't bring it but I don't like anything that has to involve like the entity's hands blood echo with oni is really fun if you pair it with her sloppy butcher add-on which is thorny nest and then Nurse's Calling from Nurse is amazing. And then Iron Maiden from Legion is just fun for like really situational moments. Well, everyone just wants to have fun, let their hair down from time to time. But uh, what do you do for fun when you're playing your, uh, when you're playing as artist and you don't really want to play for wins, you just want to like meme around and joke around with the survivors. Do you have any like meme builds that you like to play that you can share with us? 
Uh, so one of my like, this is a really stupid meme build to run, but because there's no birdie perks, I just run Spies from the Shadow in the fourth perk slot and just see if anyone notices. This is when I'm not streaming, but I'll just have my name is Burb and like see if anyone comments on it. But I also am really obsessed right now with trying to get five stacks of Pentimento. I feel like the perk came in at the wrong time, but I'm totally committed to getting five stacks without having to hire Survivor to cleanse my totem, which happens like nine times out of 10 because either I get them before plaything is up and then I just don't get to have any pentimento stacks or they just ignore plaything altogether. But to get that, I usually do pentimento, plaything and ruin devour or devour. But I've seen some success with throw the hunt in case you get those crazies that try to boon a hex totem, which I do whenever I'm a survivor, if I see that they have pentimento. But I love trying to get five stacks of pentimento. It's probably like one of my favorite things to do. I've noticed a lot of YouTubers recently have been trying to get the pentimento and it's just not been working for them. It's like, impossible to get all five totems if you if you bring plaything pentimento which is like the the kind of what the go-to is because it's the only way unless you bring like a bunch of other hex totems to get people to cleanse things it's just it's next to impossible people boon like crazy or their little totem goblins and just completely ignore it and i just i want it so bad because i've gotten it but i've had to hire a survivor like they'll beg for mercy and i'm like all right if, if, if i'm gonna let you live i need there has to be some like leeway and i'll just i'll bring them to each totem spawn if I have like time and go like all right you need to clean this one you need to cleanse that one but I've yet to get it like casually just in a match either before I kill everyone or before all the gens are done oh the good old paid actors I know those listen I, I swear my chat is going to start accusing me of hiring people because sometimes some of my matches are just <laughs> next level with like it looks like their bots are paid actors I really do think Pentimento could be so much better as well, but as you said, it has come out at the worst possible time with Boons being really popular. And I say to Jamie in most of these interviews that this particular killer could do really well with Pentimento, along with Onryo, Legion, Spirit, um, Hillbilly, anyone with a bit of mobility to defend the rekindled totems when you rekindle them. Artist doesn't exactly have mobility, but you could just throw crows out to where the totems are to keep people off of them. It came out at the wrong time. I I love Michaela and I love like the whole chapter with it because I love witches and everything. But it just it she came out at the worst time because no one cleanses totems anymore unless you get like someone who had there was a tome challenge in the piggy tome where you had to cleanse totems and that was maybe like the one week where you're able to do it. But everyone knows like if you're gonna have a totem, it might as well boon it and help everyone rather than cleanse it for your thousand blood points and kind of screw someone out of a boon. So it's a really cool perk. It just came out at the worst possible time, which is so sad. Well, with the uh, nerfs that Circle of Healing is getting again, hopefully we'll see a lot less of that. Fingers crossed. I've already seen a lot less Circle of Healing. I used to get like three to four boons every single match, and now I get like one to two, which isn't terrible. But I I'm interested to see how the nerfs are going to go. But we'll probably just go back to like the same meta as it was before. Okay, so this is going to depend on the perks that you use. But with any killer, you like to use the same set of add-ons. So what would you say works well together? What would you recommend people use? And what would you recommend is worth avoiding? So Birdie's add-ons are definitely not my favorite, which I think is pretty sad. Birdie's power in general, she's a chase and recon killer. So her power works well with 90% of the perks in the game. You can quite literally do any build and find success from it. Because if you want to do regression heavy build, you have chase and information. So you can go without those perks. And if you want to do chase and information, it's more likely to cut the match a lot shorter just because you were able to know where all the survivors are at every any given moment. But 
it's hard to make her powers add-ons interesting interesting without them being overpowered. So I will give behavior that, but there's a lot that I just don't touch or recommend when it comes to her add-ons. If I'm sweating, I'll use severed hands with festering carry-on, which is a cooldown add-on after she sends off her crows, which it's like half a second for each time. And it doesn't feel like a lot. I actually wish it was a quality of life change rather than an add-on, but that uh, festering carry-on is definitely one of my favorites. Thorny Nest is her sloppy butcher add-on is what I considered. And then um, this is like kind of an underrated one, in my opinion. It's automatic drawing, which takes the cooldowns from uh, to, for where uh, the crows are idle in the air. It takes them from two seconds to half a second. So it's at pretty much instant whenever the crows are done disintegrating. And then Silver Bell, which is the Oblivious add-on. A lot of her add-ons either stem from status effects or have to do with crow timings. I don't like anything that has to affect how long the crows are going to be in the air because when I have survivors that W space around the map, I want my crows back to me as quickly as possible. But if you're the type to hit camp hooks with the crows, I can see why they'd work out. They're just really not my favorite. I also hate her eerie add-ons with a passion. Um, same thing with most of her purple. Like her eerie feather, which is um, after you send off two crows, you gain the undetectable status effect for the cooldown, which after two crows, it's nine seconds. It is way too small of a cooldown to get much value out of the undetectable status effect. And then it takes away a crow. You're stuck with max two unless you bring ink egg, which adds an extra crow. And it just it really doesn't work out 99% of the time. I don't like it. Uh, and then Garden of Rot is too small of a window to get value out of unless you're like right up to the survivor. Garden of Rot gives you the exposed status effect after you're done repelling the crows. And it's comparable to Redhead's Pinky Finger. But the thing is, is that Pinky Finger on Clown, they're hindered once you hit them. So you can actually get the hit. Uh, but with Birdie, it's like if you unless you're right there and the survivor doesn't know you had it, have it. It's just it doesn't really work out. I do have a funny story, though, from when I was swifting with my friend when I wasn't streaming. We were going against the Birdie and I was super excited. And she was across the map. We were on Azarov's resting place. And she's like, the Sardis isn't hitting me as she's repelling. And it was like a little mini train wreck. I was like, wait, please don't stop repelling. And I just see her flop over like a little fang screech from across the map. So it was uh, it was definitely just kind of like, damn. She, I, if only she knew. So it works once and sometimes you can maybe get it twice, but if they are a, a swift, they just, they'll know and they'll just take the extra health state. And then another issue I have with ink egg is that it adds an extra crow, which you think would be a good thing because like you want as many crows as possible, but it takes the, um, it takes the idle timer where it's in the air from 10 seconds to six seconds. So you, it's really quick and you don't get much value out of it. Plus your cooldown goes from 12 seconds to 14 seconds. So you have less idle time in the air. So you have to be a lot quicker and think on your feet, which doesn't always happen. Like sometimes I do like to take the extra or like the uh, whole 10 seconds. And then you have, you're without your crows for a lot longer. So her Iriad or her add-ons in general can be kind of cool. They're just, they're really not my favorite, but her add-ons and her perks, whenever you try to combine them, they do work well. It's just, I feel like it's a lot smaller pool to choose from unless you were considering like, or if you were comparing it to like Killer Lake Blight or even Clown or Freddy or Nurse or anything like that. They're not my favorite. It's just, I, there's only a select few that I really recommend people to bring. So when going into a match, what strategy do you use or does it depend on the map and perks? It 100% depends on the map. I'm a bit of a baby with maps just because I hate some of the balancing. So oftentimes I just need like my little second to have a tantrum after being sent to preschool disturbed ward for like the hundredth time before getting back into the game. And then I uh, I really like early games. So I will either place crows at gens that are known to have survivors spawn near them or I'll use lethal to set up a staggered hit and I kind of assess how each of the survivors that are playing on uh, the maps that I really love, like the ones that are flat, a little bit like more manageable, kind of like Temple of Purgation, Shelter Woods, um, Gas heaven i uh, i try to see how the survivors are playing the ones that are w spacing i leave for last and go at the ones that i know i can down for quick uh extra pressure i stick towards loops that i can do and scorch hooks so it usually works out around 90 percent of the time i sometimes feel like a hag or a trapper where i just have like 
a web of scorch hooks and a web of gens that I know I can defend around dead or dead loops. And I just try to force the survivors to play in my bubble as much as possible. I also play like everyone else and assume that everyone has dead hearts. So I try to wait and bait it out as much as possible. And then I will also throw for really cool dire crow hits. There is this specific hit that I try to do every single time I am on meat plant where uh, on the uh, second floor, you get the tube down uh, going onto the first floor. So you, I will either hit a survivor and have them swarmed. And as they're dropping down, I will place a crow at the tube and it usually results in a down or a hit. And it's like my favorite thing to do. I don't care if I throw the match for it. Like I always try to get it whenever I play on that map. Well, everyone has a play style that they like to stick to most of the time and it works well for them. Do you like to change your play style based on how the survivors play or do you just stick to your own thing? You stick to what you know and you you try and stick it through? Uh, I do and I don't. I think my playstyle comes from how skilled the survivors are. Like I love going against really skilled survivors. I love chases and I love seeing how I can do better every single match. So if they're really good, I uh, have been known to get a little bit bloodthirsty and I do what's called a two by two method. I don't know the actual name of it. It's just that's what I call it where I swap between the same two survivors so that I can have someone on death hook quickly before I go after the third or the fourth. So if I need to kill someone, I'm able to. If I notice that they're struggling, I try to death hook everyone and do as much M2 birdie as possible before killing so I can get my survivors to have their blood points. But I, I do just try to like assess how the survivors are playing. I don't like to be too ruthless and I don't like to be too mean. Um, it what it has also like been the complete opposite. I always say like, oh, I'll give the last person hatch and then I see hatch and like the bloodlust kicks in, like no pun intended. So if I notice like during the recent MMR test, I noticed that the survivors that were going against were really struggling. So I try to like back off as much as possible, play as nicely, like go for the really cool hits or like make sure that they're able to do as well as possible. Because I, I know with Survivor, if you're waiting in a 10 minute queue and you get 6,000 blood points, why are you playing the game? But for those matches where I have people that are really, really difficult to go against, I try to, you know, make my little bubble of Scorchooks and gens and keep them in areas that I know I can defend. I've have had, I have had moments, this is actually what like turned my tide on boot totems where I was on Azeroth's. I had a three gen where if I sit on the hill, I was able to see all three gens and it was like i i felt like king of the pat like king of the um castle there was nothing they could do but they had a boon totem and there's three people left so if i went to go snuff the boon totem all three would get up on a gen and by the time i got back since i wasn't a high mobility killer the gen would be completed so it was just it was a 25 minute standstill before i was like i'm getting so tired of this so um it really just it depends on how the survivors play if they're really really good if i have a four-man swift of like really good survivors which this has happened before where i've gotten a four-man swift uh this wasn't when i was streaming so i was able to just kind of like focus really intently on the game where it's like they had eight nine ten and like thirteen thousand hours i felt like i i felt like i was their plaything. there was just it's only so much that you can do with the people that w space especially when it comes to birdie so I, uh, I do and I don't allow the survivors to adapt how I play, but at, at most times I just try to do the two by two method and stick to what I know and what I know that I can play on, especially if I see that I'm outskilled or outclassed. Okay, so let's talk about boon totems. Now that boon totems have been released, most killers are not happy with them because they're pretty much overpowered and hopefully this new nerf that the circle of healing is getting is going to help. So let's talk, with the, let's talk about the totem spawns. What do you think to the totem spawns? And how do you think they could be improved? So I am in a really weird position when it comes to boons. They're uh, they're annoying. I feel like they're not game breaking. And unless it's like very specific situations, they're just annoying to me. I'm not a high mobility killer, so I'm not going to go search for them. If I happen to find it, if I'm chasing someone, I'll definitely snuff it. But 
there have been moments where I'm just like, I don't really care. They can have a boon. It's not affecting me. They're not, it's not really affecting me because if it's not shadow step, which I actually hate shadow step more than I do circle of healing or exponential. Cause I don't slug or anything, but if, uh, if they don't have shadow step in like a main building, like if it's burning storehouse or ironworks, then I just, I'll leave it up if I find it, or if they're really trying to abuse the hell out of it, I will snuff it. But totem spawns and like boons in general are, it just, it depends on the map and how the survivors are playing. Totem spawns though, if I bring hex totems, they're the bane of my existence. I refuse to bring hex perks because I never get any good spawns out of it. So I just have my hexes cleansed in two seconds and suffer for it. I've had matches where I've, I've brought in, uh, or I've, I've, uh, yeah, I've purchased. I've brought in Devour or Blood Favor and Lethal Pursuer, and I watched a survivor <laughs> spawn right next to my totem, and I was like, "I'm good. I'm done. I'm just. I'm not bringing these anymore." I do think that there should be a rule, if possible. Like, if the killer is an all hex build, there's not much you can do. But I don't think survivor should spawn within 20 meters of a hex totem, and I say that as someone who also plays survivor. Because I, I want totems and perks to like have a fighting chance, especially with boon totems. I feel like it is Hag and Michaela fighting for dominance right now because the everyone just knows the spawns now. I think that it would be kind of interesting if they changed up spawns or like changed up the way that things were going to um going to work within the game. And I also wonder if like maybe they'll bring back old and dying where the hex just bounces from totem to totem just to see how that would work. But I do like the boon changes and I do like what they're trying to do within the game, but the totem spawns and how things are right now is that I just hex versus hex perks aren't really worth to bring unless you bring like something where you want them to cleanse totems like uh, retribution or haunted grounds or pentimento. I do also think that they are nerfing the wrong facets of the perks. I have always been on the the side where I want them to have tokens rather than speed debuffs because if they're still able to do gens and heal themselves it changes what was the issue which is where they're able to have a lot more pressure on the killer rather than how it used to be where you would either have a med kit or have to go find a med kit or go find a teammate to heal you or waste a lot of time with self-care back when like people still brought self-care and i think that I wouldn't mind it still being 75% if they had the tokens. That way the killers also are given an incentive to snuff boon totems because I snuff a boon totem, I walk away for 15 seconds and the boon totem's right back up, but I just wasted, you know, 10 seconds of my life. And now the survivor might've made it to a, a more safe loop or they might've um, just, I might've just lost them and they've already healed up. And it's just like, wow, I, I wasted so much of my time. So I want, a, I want better totem, spot, totem spawns. I want better situations where I think survivors shouldn't spawn within 20 meters of a hex totem. And then I also just want them to change the boon totems rather than nerfing things that don't aren't necessarily like what we want nerfed. The whole survivors spawning close to um, hex totems as well. You're not the only person that's touched up on that too. Like the, a survivor shouldn't be able to spawn in. And that camera pan that, the, that happens at the start, you shouldn't even be able to see a, a even a, a dull totem at that point, but I've had games where I've been playing Survivor and the camera turns around and boom, right there, hex, right under my nose. Yeah, it happens to me too. I've had matches where like, I just, I'll walk and I'll hear something and I'm like, is that a little, like a fire barrel? Is that a shiny? And it's it's always a shiny. It's always ruined. It's always devour. It's always the one thing that you don't want cleanse. Like I've had matches where I've brought haunted grounds and it stays up the entire match. No one really expects like a birdie to have haunted grounds because it's not like the best synergy wise with their perks. It's just a powerful killer perk. I feel like there's a difference between like a powerful build and just powerful perks, which is why I don't always like recommend the, the killer meta because it's just 
those are just powerful killer perks. They don't work well with anyone. They work well with everyone. And my haunted grounds has just never been touched. And I get to the match and I'm like, damn, you had haunted grounds. And I'm like, no one touched it. The <laughs> totem spawns were just the most hidden totem spawns I've ever seen in my life. So I swear the game knows. It knows that it's ruined. It knows that it's devour. And it's just going to allow like little totem goblins to uh, to just cleanse it within two seconds. I think the ability to force hex totems spawn further from survivors is there because they do the same thing with Pinhead's box, don't they? Doesn't they? Mm -hmm. Like the box will spawn at the furthest point away from both the killer and the survivors, doesn't it? So they could do that with hex perks. It might be a bit more different with multiple hexes, but you can guarantee that a couple will be further away from them. I yeah, I just I I don't know how like the the roll of the dice comes to where it's right next to a survivor. It's definitely like really frustrating because you've just you've cut out an entire niche of perks that i don't want to bring like blood favor works so well with the artist it's actually one of the few perks that i got when i was playing on the ptv and i've had people i had more than my fair share of people dc when i was playing on the ptv because i had blood favor and the maps that i were getting just worked well so well with synergy but they figure out you have a hex totem and it's like 30 seconds of people looking and it's cleansed and then they're just able to do whatever they want afterwards. I would be interested to see. I would hate it because I I didn't like the concept of Old Undying. It was, I don't remember if, I think it was changed before I started playing. I think it was changed when Twins was put into effect, but where uh, where like it just, the, the hex totem just bounced from dole to dole to dole. I would almost want them to bring it back because at least it would give totems a fighting chance and maybe bring Pentimento back into play. Well, you've been playing artist for, well, since release, right? So she's not had the most um, time on the roster as most killers, but someone that's played her exclusively since her release um, would have been playing it for long enough that they've had some pretty pretty great matches with, with her. Would you like to share any of the best moments you've had? This one's really recent. Um, getting a world record by accident is probably the, the funniest match I've ever had and probably one of my best matches just because... I, I'm sad that there was nothing cool. I didn't do anything. It was just like, it was a really cool 4K as, uh, and it just happened to be his birdie. I think it would have been funnier if it wasn't like a killer that I made. I just happened to have an accidental match. But I think that's probably one of my favorite ones now because I now get to be like number one birdie in something, which is really cool. Uh, I definitely want to go for like a win streak next. I'm number two Dyerco Downs worldwide. And unfortunately, number one like eclipses me. Uh, my my greatest friend and my biggest arch nemesis is number one. They're very sweet. but. Um, I think getting the world record most recently was really nice because now I've had more people like come to talk to me about the artist, which is definitely my favorite thing in the entire world because I can talk about Birdie for hours and hours upon hours and I stream for about five hours at a time. So I do talk about her for hours, but I think my favorite matches either also stem from having really crazy hits, like ones where I've had people DC and they're just like, I'm not going against that. Like you, you're more than welcome to play the match. I'm not going against that, which has also happened recently where... I have gotten people who don't know what a staggered hit is, which is, um, I keep saying it, but it's where you place one survivor and then you walk 80% of the gauge and place another, um, or place one crow, walk 80% of the gauge and place another crow. And what happens is that the shadow of one crow, it's kind of like, um, if you guys are familiar with Naruto, there's a scene in the beginning of the scene, like beginning of the show where there's, um, a shadow of a shuriken hiding beneath another one. So 
one crow hits and they go, okay, I've been hit by a crow. They're totally fine. And then the next crow hits within uh, less than a second because there's an invincibility frame of 0.75 seconds. So when you time it with the way that you do with the 80% gauge, you're able to just get a hit or a down. And it's like anything, or whenever I'm like the first person to do that to the survivor, I always like their reactions. I've had it either like on, like when it's been against the streamer or they've come in end game chat or they've come in my chat and they're just like, I've never seen that before. So moments like that, I think are probably my, my favorite or whenever I can do really, really well against a full Mambo squad, just with like heavy meta, sending me to Coldwind, sending me to Macmillan, sending me to Auto Haven. They want those specific survivor sided maps. And, um, most recently or like most, um, yeah, one the one that I can call to mind the most is getting sent to Rancid, which isn't terrible, but that main building can be pretty rough. And I get really bad corn vision on the Coldwind maps. I don't have color, I'm not colorblind or anything, but I can't differentiate between scratch, the scratch marks and the corn on the map. So I lose survivors very, very quickly and very easily on those maps. So I had a really, really heavy Mambo squad. They were just they were rolling me, but I was able to get the amount of pressure that I needed to kind of get two people killed. There's one gen left. I had someone on a hook and thankfully I took advantage of the altruism that uh, it was an ash. That was the last one left. And I got him before the door doors were open. So I was able to down him. And that was just, just like a very satisfying moment of getting really good dire crow hits and then also getting to like, you know, take advantage of the fact that people kind of wanted to be a bully squad against me. And then probably one of my other like favorite matches is uh, during the severed hands bug. Birdie was like a pretty perfect killer whenever she came out, because I think for all intents and purposes, even with the map, there just there weren't a lot of bugs when she came out. I feel like she was just like a nice little little present. But there was a bug with severed hands where if you shoot off a crow, all the other survivors on the map would become swarmed. So I have had this moment where I shot off a crow, I downed someone, and then I was like, oh, wow, the other people got uh, swarmed. Maybe that's just how this add-on works. It was before I knew it was a bug. And so I sent off... Um, two or three crows and I downed everyone from across the map. And it was like my first like really big cross map hit. Um, so I think that that was probably my favorite, just realizing like how powerful the killer is and like how much fun I can have with her. Yeah. I can't imagine anybody's going to beat your speed run for a while. I think it was what, two minutes, 16. Mm -hmm. I, I think it was insane. I kind of, I, and I like, I lollygagged a little bit. I kind of wanted to see if I had just been like full on, just like bing, bang, boom, if it had been sub two minutes. Cause I think that would have been interesting. Well, if it was sub two minutes, you'd be in the uh, elite squad by now. <laughs> Goodness. There's only three people that have done that. so I think that's crazy. I, I think Ghostface has like the, the quickest match, correct? Yeah, it's Ghostface and then there's two nurses. Oh, it's always the nurses. Okay, so now that you've mastered the artist, what advice would you give to new players or even your past self? So... I think the best advice is probably like listing my pet peeves whenever I go against birdies and like go against people who are playing the artist. And this is also just what I like give to people whenever they come into my chat to talk about birdie. I hate seeing artists or like birdies that just shoot off three crows like a bot and just hope something hits. Birdie for uh, is she's kind of like pyramid head and she's kind of like huntress with extra steps where she needs to be as precise as possible because her disadvantage comes from being without her crows. It's kind of like the old um, counterplay to Legion where they just don't heal. And then the Legion is just a 115 killer where you are, when you're without your crows, you just, you are at the mercy of how survivors are running loops. And especially with some of the map balancing, if you can't shut down loops quickly with the way that like Nemi or Pinhead or Blight or Nurse can, you just, you're at a disadvantage. So when uh, I see people shoot off three crows, you, and they none of them hit, you're without your crows for 12 whole seconds. And that is a lot of time in a match. When you shoot off one crow, it is five second cooldown. And then it's nine seconds when you shoot off two crows. 
But when survivors are repelling, if you're there repelling instantly, it takes a full eight seconds without add-ons. So if you're shooting off two crows, only one hits, you put yourself at a disadvantage because it's one second to set up a crow. So there's nothing you can do unless you have add-ons that can kind of help with it. So you have to be in situations where you have to force a vault, force, force a pallet, force a dead hard, but you're wasting so much time. So I want my, I want people who are trying to get better at birdie to throw matches to get better with the crows. I don't think that you should be going for 4Ks. I think that you should be going for getting better at the killer that you're playing. And that's just in general, whenever you are trying to play a killer that you're trying to learn like Oni or Nurse or Deathsing or whomever, I know it's really nice to get a 4K, but if you are getting a 4K, but you're not good with your killer's power, you're just playing an M1 killer. You might as well just be playing Trapper, where like Trapper is obviously like a good killer to humble with, but he is a no power killer. He, um, and so if you're just if you're not using your crows as much as possible, you're not trying to be precise, precise as possible. You're not trying to be patient, which is also a really big thing. You might as well be playing a different killer. So I want birdies to learn to place one crow and be patient with it. Have the crows come back to you, reset it up, see how the survivors are moving, bringing or reading perks like I'm all years so you can predict how the survivors are working when they do break line of sight. I think that that's like probably the biggest advice. And then for my past self, um, this it's not so much as advice as I want to say, like, enjoy the good moments while they were there. So as people get used to how killers work, because obviously whenever a new killer comes out, people are like, oh, my God, they're so overpowered. They're they're so like this is so broken. Like and people tell me this all the time. They're like, oh, Brady's so broken. And I'm like, I promise you, she's not. I get rolled plenty within my matches. But I would probably want to focus on more long range stuff while people weren't used to it. I used to get so many good long range downs, but now it's a little bit more difficult because people have kind of adapted to it. So I'd want my past me to enjoy the chaos while it lasted, like the severed hands bug, like just getting to have people not realize like what they're supposed to do or like the ones that still used to uh, repel while standing in the same place. And I was just able to get like a really good staggered hit. And um, there's a with ink egg which is the four crow add-on you can technically get a down it is next to impossible to get done but you can get a down with it you just have to place it in a way where the staggered hits are going to work to where the survivors are going to run so i kind of miss survivors being predictable like that to where you're able to get it down so i think um for my past self i'd want to focus on like the more fun when the new killer comes out because i think it's how um sadikos are kind of acting right now where I've had some Sadako mains come in and they're like it my matches are getting harder and I'm like people are just learning to adapt um she's really cool but at, she's Freddy and Wraith put together she's all the cool parts of Freddy and Wraith without a lot of like the cooldown but people will adapt to the killer that you're playing no matter what so it's nice to have a new killer come out and like get to enjoy the chaos while it lasted so those would probably be my two like little my biggest pieces of advice with all of the jungle gyms, the LT rules, the long walls, the killer shack, and any other tile out there, do you have like a favorite tile you like to play in your games? Oh, 100% killer shack. Uh, I figured out very quickly on that killer shack is definitely just the the tile that I will win 99% of my chases. Sometimes if they do outplay me, it's probably on matches like Swamp where I just don't get the elevation right or they can hide a little bit more. But Killer Shack is like is the is the nicest thing to do or like the nicest thing to play on. How I recommend people run jungle gyms is it's like I think someone like 
said it was like geometry or trigonometry. I couldn't remember where it's you don't actually go in the loop. You follow outside of the loop and you have your crows move like a little hand and you have the flight path meet the survivors diagonally. So with Killer Shack, I'm allowing them to vault. I'm allowing them to throw Shack Pal. I don't really care. It doesn't mean anything to me because I can predict how they're moving either with how I can, how I run it as survivor, or I can see them through the slats in the wall. And I just have the, fl the flight paths, like meet them. So I've had situations where I've gotten really, really nice downs within 15 seconds, just because I'm able to follow them on the outside. And it's like a, like a little rat trapped in a cage where it's just no matter what, they're going to get hit by my crows. But TNL walls are definitely like another really fun thing to play. I really like it's like I use I follow the same method, but I kind of like the mind game ability with TL walls, just like how long a survivor can run it without actually vaulting. I get a lot of like really fun moonwalk down or moonwalk hits with that one. And then jungle gyms, it depends on the jungle gym. There is this specific jungle jungle gym that is home to Yamaoka and Ormond, which has like the little vault in the middle. It is the bane of my existence. I will try it my hardest to get survivors to walk away with it because it just has such a high mind game ability. And with Birdie, it's a lot of like, it's like the same counterplay with Nurse, where like break line of sight, hold W, hope for the best. And with that one, it's just I I really can't play it unless I can actually um predict the way that they move, which is just I kind of like more the the most of the ways to play as the artist but that specific jungle gym i hate running and i try to get survivors to play against it or play away from it as much as possible and then any like long walls long walls or four walls i guess it kind of depends on what the survivors are doing but i think if i had to choose like how i want people to play i want them to play on killer shack and like palette loops palette loops are really really fun to use so it's kind of why i like shelterwood so much because it's it's just mostly lt walls um killer shack and then pallets which is really really fun so mmr has been a thing in the game for a while now have you noticed a significant change in your game since it came in so i think birdie and now sadako is in an interesting standpoint because they came out after mmr is implemented i think mmr was implemented in september so when i was playing killer beforehand i was a legion and a pig main and i stayed at the rank four and the rank five rank with old ranks, which I miss, I miss so much. I did try to get to rank one and I, I had old Fredward carry me to rank one whenever I was trying to get that achievement. But Birdie has been around since post MMR. So I don't notice anything different. It's always been this way for me. And I think that I, I am kind of at an advantage to where I was able to adapt as quickly as possible because there, there I haven't known anything different. I definitely think that I've had really rough matches that I don't think I'm ready for with MMR because, you know, I get like a nice amount of 4Ks and they're like, here's the the 10K hour Claudette with nothing to live or this four squad of hype shirt Nia and legacy players. And I'm just like, I'm I'm not ready for that. 100%. That's not what I'm ready for. That's not the killer that I play or like how I like to go against. But I think with the fact that I'm able to adapt as well as I can or as well as I have been that I haven't noticed anything crazy with MMR. I know that with the MMR changes, I did notice a kind of an either a neutral or a negative reaction in my matches, but not in the like negative to where I'm going against harder people. Negative as in I was going against easier people and I couldn't tell if like maybe I was just this bad at the game and it, this is where the game thought I was. But or I just I felt bad going against people who definitely weren't ready for it. I got people with 28 hours in my game and preschool is a pretty heavy survivor sided map. And I don't think that there's any reason why I should be getting a 4K at five gens with like people lasting two seconds in chases. So 
it's kind of sad that uh, there's a bunch of MMR changes going on right now, mainly because I can commend behavior for wanting to change MMR and kind of wanting to perfect a system that they've allegedly been trying to fix for two years now. But with MMR and with how things are working, I just think that it's pretty unfair and unkind for how people want to play the game. I understand like the reasoning behind it. If you don't play this killer, you want to learn it. And if you're normally a rank one killer, you feel like you're going to get rolled. But I also think that it's a part of learning a killer that you're getting rolled. That's kind of how it was when I was learning killer and how people have been learning killer for ages, where if you're going to get rolled, you're going to adapt more. I learned nurse with old ranks. And yes, I was rank four going against people who were God tier and had thousands of hours, but I was able to learn nurse a lot quicker rather than having people who were pretty predictable running a line, run in a straight line. And I was able to down them like as easier. Like maybe it's nice for the first match or so, so you can get a hand on the power, but that's what custom matches are for. Like I want MMR to be almost non-existent in this game or I want it to be in a different way that they have been doing. I don't think it should be based on like hours. I think it's, or like, or escapes. So I don't think kills equal skill. Like anyone can get uh, a two or three K if you're nasty with it. I think that the skill comes from applying a lot of pressure in matches either as survivor, as killer, getting the old, it's like the, the two times method where it's two unhooks, two gens, two totems, like two minute chases or escape two chases. That's how like people used to pip up or that's how I was told to pip up back in the day. But I don't think that kills equal skill. And I don't think that it should be based on something as simple as that. Like that's how you get the situations where you have people who face camp be like, you have the, the you know, the, the face camping bubbas, the ones who just try to take advantage of pretty poor situations. Like to me, that's not skillful. That's just, you're just kind of just playing. Like I get that it's a whole killer and escape or like kill and escape game. But I think that the, the, the best plays and like how MMR should be placed on is like how much, pressure you're applying with the game and how well you're able to juggle all of these tasks. Like it's also why I don't recommend heavy regression. Like the best killers I've gone against have brought no regression. Um, I've had nurses that have brought corrupt in the fourth perk slot and they've gotten us all on the floor and killed before corrupt is even let up. It is, it is ins or not killed, but like all of us on the floor before corrupt is even let up. It is insane how well people are able to do. Um, one of my favorite killers in the world is Lil Thoman. He plays blight. He only plays with barbecue and shadowboard and he's able to roll 99% of his matches. And I, I don't think that it, it, it should be stemmed on that. I think because he's able to apply so much pressure and able to like, do so well i think that that is what i consider skill to be and that's what i consider mmr to be i know this is more of just like an mmr rant but i, I it's like a heated topic for me just because i miss old ranks so much but uh at least with birdie and with how things work i have been able to adapt so well within the game because she came out post mmr that i just don't notice anything different and that's the same thing i think for sadako bains now i mean i completely agree it's been a heated topic for everyone yeah, it's yeah just... i completely agree i've been i've been going against you know some high caliber survivors even with killers that i don't play hardly at all and it's just it's not fair and i've actually during the mmr test i think it was two days ago it was on the 11th or the 12th i couldn't remember but my hardest match of the night was when i was playing legion and i don't play Susie. like i love Susie, and i will Susie will always have a big part of my heart especially when it comes to twins too because i like i learned killer as twins which is also why i think i slug a little bit too much but um i get greedy all the time but it's just i how is my hardest match and a killer that i haven't played in months and my main, who I have hundreds upon hundreds of hours in right now, I just, I get infants. I don't think that I should be getting people with tier one perks. I don't think I should, and on like basic killer or basic survivors too, it's not like they got Zarina or Elodie and they have tier one power struggle or tier one red herring. It's like, 
this is a, a, a Dwight or a Jake with tier one calm spirit that doesn't has never played on preschool before, which is something that has actually happened to me. And I felt so bad. Like I gave him hatch when I realized I was like, this is an actual infant. Like I should not be going against this person. I don't think that I'm a fantastic killer by far. Like I don't think that I'm a, I'm a god amongst men. I'll never consider myself on the calibers of killers that I've gone against. But I don't think that it's fair for me to be put in that same situation. So it's frustrating because I get it. Like MMR is supposed to add a little bit of balancing, but at the same time, you don't want to have really long queue times. But I, I, the nice thing about the old ranks is that it was tangible. The people that didn't, couldn't play the game or didn't know how to play the game were at the green ranks, at the, the brown ranks. And then as you were getting better, as you wanted sweatier matches, you could stay in purple, you could stay in red. The ones that wanted to sweat to high hell stayed at rank one. They brought the brand new parts, they brought the pop, they brought the, the tinker, they brought the corrupt, they brought the meta, they brought the DS, and they stayed at rank one because that's where they wanted to play. I was always on the, I want to have fun, but challenging games. So I stayed at rank four and I stayed at rank five. That's where I wanted to be because the matches were fun. They had a higher perk variety. And now it's just, you can't mess around anymore. You have the the survivors that have to bring full meta because if they're not bringing full meta, they're not enjoying their games. And it's kind of like cyclical nature. It's just... Killers are bringing their meta because survivors bring their meta and like killers are upset at survivors because survivors are upset at killers. And it's just it's cyclical. There's nothing you can really do. And it happens a lot as birdie. I have people apologize to me all the time because they bring insta heals. They bring brand new parts. They bring DS. They bring dead hard. They bring unbreakable. They're trying to like be super mean. And they're like, we're sorry. We just our matches have been terrible all day. You did have definitely to deserve it. I'm like, I completely get it. I play survivor just as much as I play killer. I might play killer a little bit more because I will play killer a lot off stream because I'm able to like focus on my games a little bit more. I, I like Survivor because I'm able to just like pay attention to chat more. But it's just I get it. I completely understand. And I don't like that MMR hasn't changed anything but how people play. And it's like it's less likely for killers to have mercy or for survivors to have mercy because it's just it's if you if you allow someone to escape or if you allow um if you allow yourself to get killed is like a nice little pity killer. If you have like a fun match, it's like you're punished for it. And I don't think that's fair or like a nice way to build camaraderie within the game. Okay, so when placing your birds down at loops, how do you deal with survivors purposely running into them within the loop, preventing you from sending them forwards, rendering them practically useless? So this is kind of interesting because depending on the loops, I actually want survivors to run into my crows. I know that some people say like, oh, you want the direct flight path, but I think that there's a lot of fun from getting the swarmed hits too. Uh, it is a big counterplay and I've grown to expect it. And um, I think that if I have situations to where like survivors where I do like do the little loop where they run back to me and if I either like fall for the bait or they dead hard through it, I like it when the swarm is on them because I'm a lot, it's a lot easier to get a hit with a swarm hit rather than a direct hit now because it's it's an eight meter flight path versus like a, a 20, like a, an infinite flight path. So if they do have the, um, if they do have the swarm on them, I'm able to hit them a lot quicker or a lot easier. So I don't mind if they get the swarm on them or if they think that they're, they're rendering me useless because I try to have one crow in my pocket at any time. So if they have the swarm on them and they want to run for it, I have power to them. 100% go, for, go, go, go run off into the, the distance. See how well that works out for you. Um, but I do think that whenever I have the survivors that fly, shine flashlights at me, I think that's what annoys me more. I say this all the time where I'm like, don't touch my things. Like, how dare you? I, I've been so kind to you. I haven't tunneled. I haven't camped. And you're, you're chasing me with the flashlight so you can shine them at my birds while I'm trying to chase someone else. I usually try and shut that down as quickly as possible. But uh, with the artist, there's just so much flexibility within her power. So 
once I start predicting how they're moving and if they want to run into my crows, like, go ahead, uh, I'll still hit you. It's just you either I hit you or the crows hit you. So at the times when you're setting your power at loops, uh, the survivors would just run to the next loop along because of the time it takes to set the birds. It's what I do most when I play against her as well. So is there a way you can try and keep up with the survivor? Yeah, so this is why I don't like the idle time add-ons because if you're placing a crow, you're taking the time. If you add the two to four second add-ons, like that is a, a moment longer that you're without a crow. So I'd like to either have the survivors circle back to the loop, which actually happens a lot, or um, I would bring the add-on to where once they're done disintegrating, it comes back to me a lot quicker and I'm just able to adjust as much as possible. But another thing that I've been recommending is using your crows like uh, like little sheepdogs, herding sheep into an area that you can play on. If they want to W space across the map and send me on a tour of RPD, send me on a tour of swamp, far be it. Like do they can do whatever they want. I'll adjust as needed. But I just try to corral them into a corner and either have them like corner themselves, hold themselves or get them into an area where it's like I can bait them with the crow and hit them with an M1. I don't think that there's any shame in going for an M1 hit because your crows are there to either be a direct hit or use as a countermeasure to corral survivors into different areas. Because oftentimes if you place a crow, survivors kind of jerk away from it. And that's what I do with really strong loops that I know I don't want to play is that I'll place the crow towards that loop and they will completely switch uh, where they're going. So it's kind of like them falling into like a little spider's web where it's like, cool, I don't want to play on this map. I'm going to take you or play on this loop. So I'm going to take you to a loop that I know the palette is gone and you're going to be less likely to play on. So if they want to go for those really weird four walls or the really little jungle gyms, I'll place a crow there and it'll either be in the direct flight or like the direct path where they'll hit them or they'll jerk away and go towards the loop that I know that they want to do. But at the end of the day, W space is unfortunately the best counterplay to the artist. And it is kind of like the biggest complaint that I get whenever people are trying to learn birdie, where they they don't know what to do. They're like, every time I place a crow, they they just run away. And I'm like, I completely understand. That's just what people are going to do. It's kind of like how you have counterplay against Freddy or Sadako or Hag, where you're chasing a hag with a flashlight and just kind of like trying to waste her time or with the trapper trying to untrap his traps. You just have to apply pressure in other ways to adapt to how they're playing. So using them as little dogs to like herd sheep into the right corner, I think is like how how I can best describe people to work around that. Okay, so recently recently we just found out that if you jump into a locker, you can remove your birds instantly. How do the how do you deal with it? And are there any countermeasures for this? This is kind of why I recommend Iron Maiden on the artist. I have a lot of people question on me for it, but whenever I have the people who are cheeky enough to do it mid-bash, it's really funny because they jump in and out of a locker and then they do the Iron Maiden scream and they just look at me and they just go down instantly. So if you find that you are within an MMR, like within a a range or rank where people are doing it a lot, bring Iron Maiden to see how quickly people stop doing it. It's probably one of my favorite things, but I don't mind if they want to do it because I also think that it's kind of fun. I like when people try to jump into lockers. I like when people think on their feet like that. I think it's really cool. And I love it when survivors like find different ways to outplay me. The countermeasures really just come from either being really quick with the birds or bringing Iron Maiden. That's like my best, uh, my best advice for birdies who feel like a lot of people are doing that because people very quickly will learn that it's a, uh, it's either you go down in 20 seconds or you go down instantly, like take your pick or like live or die, make your choice with it. How do you, um, how do you deal with more than one floor on a map? Like the game and RPD as examples. 
It depends on the map. So RPD is actually one of my favorite matches or like favorite maps to play as the artist. It is just two really big maps stacked on top of each other. And all of the tiles are next to impossible to play as as a survivor against an artist. God palettes are rendered basically useless 99% of the time. And it's really fun. If I have survivors that do somehow make it to the um, the stairs, I can either bait it down, drop down, or the crows actually move up and down stairs. It's kind of like, um, actually, I don't think Pyramid Head does this anymore, but uh, you can just place a crow down the stairs. And if they want to go up or down them, you're able to either get a hit or a swarm with them, which is completely fine. But in maps, kind of like Disturbed Ward or Midwitch, I will try to or Disturbed Ward, I guess, is like a better a better example because I have a completely different play style for Midwitch. But for Disturbed Ward, I just will either use my crows as a built-in eye all year so I can see how the survivors are moving because they're able to break line of sight so much or um, play it how I would normally try to play with a jungle gym, like going around it, trying to predict how the survivors are moving. Meat Plan, again, is kind of like RPD where it's just two big maps stacked on top of each other. Yes, there are moments where the survivors are able to jump down, but there's so much uh, line of sight within art within meat plant that you're able to predict how the survivors are moving anyway. Like I don't have much trouble on meat plant other than like the 99 million God palettes because it's basically the palette production factory. But my biggest probably issue comes from dead dog or disturbed reward, anything like that, where like the, the loops just feel a little bit too stupid. So I just use my crows as a built-in I'm all ears. But for maps like Midwitch, I kind of switch to a mid to end game artist and I try to get all of my gens on the same floor so I'm able to monitor them a lot quicker and keep my crows in ways to where I stay near the stairs on midwitch and play on that level with like more to mid to long range crows rather than anything crazy like that because you're able to apply a lot more pressure once everything is on the same level. So on Midwitch, I try to get all the gens on the same side or like on the same level, either top or bottom. It doesn't really matter. I don't have a preference on which one. I kind of actually prefer top a little bit more because the middle divot of the uh, the map can really uh, like mess with my crows. But I try to stick near stairs, stick near loops that I can do. And if it's on Dead Dog or like Dist or Disturbed Ward, I just stay away from the main building if I know that it's a survivor that really knows how to run it. But RPD, I love. Meat Plan, I don't mind at all. Meat Plan has one of my favorite downs. So I don't mind getting a, uh, a multi-story map. It just depends on how the survivor's writing it. So the artist hasn't really had too many changes since the release. Are there any that you feel that would need to make them more viable at higher MMR games? So this is kind of interesting because I think that Birdie at her core is probably one of the most perfect killers that the behaviors come out with. And I'm not saying that just because she's my main. I don't have many changes that I would change to her because there are certain situations where I feel like killers are just ridiculously broken. Like I do think the double recharge for nurse is pretty stupid. I think that the alchemist string for blight is definitely a little bit broken. And I think the fact that he's 115 is a little bit too cheeky for me, but I think that Birdie at her core is just, she came out perfect. There isn't really anything that I would change with her. I think that in high MMR games, it isn't so much her power. It's just the way that high MMR is, which is W space, dead hard for distance. Like you can try to play around it as much, but that's not her. That's just the way that people play. Like there's a reason why in comp it's blight and nurse. They're able to shut down loops so effectively that no other killer is able to meet with them. Like even really good Billies, even really good Onis with the way that they can flick, which is insane and have an insta down. It's just, there's a reason why people play Blight and Nurse in high MMR. It just works. So I think that 
if I were to make a couple of changes, this is just more of like selfish changes. Like I want Festering Carry On and Severed Tongue to be base kit. I want her to have a little bit more variety in add-ons. I want the uh, Garden of Rot, which is the Exposure Eerie add-on to have a longer hit or like a longer hit time. So it's not just four seconds. I want it to be like almost eight or even eight to 10 seconds would be so nice. I want Ink Egg to have a less of a, um, an idle cooldown. I want it to be eight seconds and have an extra crow and just see how it is because the extra cooldown is already such a big debuff as is that I feel like the the six seconds is just not really like viable and I don't really have a lot of people that bring it anyway. So there are just there moments or like there's changes to the artists that I want, but it's for selfish reasons rather than balancing reasons. I think in hem high MMR, she does pretty well. I don't think that I'm like the creme de la creme of Ebimar, but I do get really good matches and I do get really good survivors 98% of the time. And I find that I fare pretty well with how I'm able to predict them, with how I'm able to use my crows. So I think that she does well and she's completely fine, especially from her changes with the PTB, which how she used to be in the PTB is that if they were swarmed, they could run into an idle crow. You would force them to run into an idle crow and they would get hit or downed. It was really stupid, but... I, I think that'd be funny if they brought that back just for a day, just to see how the survivors acted. Um, it'd be a good counterplay to the ones that just keep trying to run into the crows over and over again. I, I would like to see that happen. But um, there's just there isn't much that I would change with her. I do think that she is probably one of the more perfect killers that have come out. And uh, their pixel bush is um, uh, so I think he calls himself like the observer in the game. And I can kind of agree. It's so much lore knowledge. And he um, he kind of uh, agreed with it, too, just because it's like most of the time they have a mid chapter update where they change the killer. And this is one of the first few times where they just, they haven't, there is nothing really that I think that they should touch with her. I would feel very sad if for some reason I just wake up to a, a notification with dead by daylight and they're like, we're nerfing festering carry on. We're nerfing thick tar. And now everything's like 0.25 seconds. They have a, a shorter repel time. She's doing too high and oh, too well in high MMR and we've nerfed her into the ground. I'll still play her. I just will. I think I might just become a little bit too upset. But um, I think that she's solid where she is right now. I consider her to be a an A tier killer. Like I think that she is solidly A tier. I don't think that every killer that comes out needs to be S tier. I don't think that we need a bunch of old spirits or nurses or blights or billies or onis or huntresses. I don't need, think that every killer that comes out needs to be broken or overpowered. I just think that their their power needs to be cool. I want cool powers rather than broken powers. I think that anyone's any killer in the right hands is able to do like fantastic, like with Michael, with Hag, with Legion, people like kind of think that those killers don't really do well. But even with how Legion is right now, before the buff, I've seen Legions absolutely roll like sweat squads at five gens on Suffolpit or on Cowshed. Like it really is just like the, the right killer in, or like the killer in the right hands is just able to do so well with the power. It's about like really cool powers. And that's kind of what I want to see more from behavior. So I think Brady's perfect. I don't have anything that it would change with her besides it just being like kind of a little bit of fun. I would like different add-ons or I would like add-on changes, but I think that she's amazing. Well, that's it. Thank you very much for the interview. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for coming down, Carney. You've been a delight. Thank you for... <laughs> Well, thank you for listening to me talk about the artist. I know that I ramble a lot, but uh, she just she makes me very happy. I love her so much. I think that she's a fantastic killer. And it's the fact that she came out on my birthday that I was like, this is just she's mine. 
I, I, I joke that I gatekeep, but I would never want to gatekeep her from other people. I want more people to play her. And I get so excited whenever I go against artists because I want to see how people play. I want to see the builds. I want to see the play styles. Like, it makes me so happy. I will actually have like people in my chat tell me they're like, oh, I went against an artist and this was her build and this is how she did. And it just it, that makes me happy. Like, I want more people to to play her. She's just she's amazing. I think she kind of got like the twins treatment, which I think is funny that I went from like, you know, being a twins main, which no one really likes to uh, being a birdie main, which also no one really likes <laughs> because uh, I, I I figured it out the other day. I was like, she's an anti-loop killer and I run Lightborn consistently. I'm just the fun police. I call Wraith the fun police all the time and I'm the actual fun police, but I still think that she is so fantastic and I, I want more people to play her and I want more people to learn her. So there we have it. Great interview from Khan there. And if you want to hear more like this, then please subscribe. Uh, you can either go to the website, intothefogcast.com, or just search on your favorite podcasting app. If you're on Apple Podcasts, why not give us a review? And if you're on Spotify, just give us a rating. It really does help. This patch was recorded on 5.6.2. Um, we have a Twitter account if you want to follow us there, at intothefogcast. And why not tell a friend about us? I'd like to thank Carnivius for doing the interview, Jamie Lee 2K and Tofa for doing the intro and the interview. All links will be in the description of the podcast and we hope you have a great day.